welcome to Excuse My ADHD, a podcast for adults with or who think they may have ADHD. I'm your host, Jeanette, and this is my journey. Hello, and welcome to Excuse My ADHD, episode 37, Wishing Well. I'm your host, Jeanette, and I'm navigating ADHD one distraction at a time. Having ADHD is hard enough, but when you also have OCD and depression with it, things get even more complicated. Come listen as I talk a little about how OCD and depression differ and are similar and how ADHD plays a role. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for tuning in, and if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. So this is wishing well, but it's also heavy part two. So episode 36, I started talking about OCD and ADHD, and I shared my love for Linkin Park and how the lead singer lost his battle with depression. Today, Juice World just kind of was another one that I was thinking of. And every time I listen to wishing well, it hits deep. Just take a listen to some of these lyrics. I can't breathe. I'm waiting for the exhale. Toss my pain with my wishes in a wishing well. Still no luck, but oh well. I still try even though I know I'm going to fail. It's stress on my shoulders like an anvil. And you can't describe this kind of accuracy about what depression feels like unless you're there, unless you're living it. Or you've been there and you've lived it. There are different kinds and varying degrees, but if you've had or still struggling with depression, you can almost feel what he's saying as he's singing it. And add to depression, ADHD, and the tug of war of OCD, and it's <laughs> it's for real on my shoulders like an anvil. You can feel the pressure. And then you jump to another part where he says, this is the part where I tell you I'm fine, but I'm lying. I just don't want you to worry. This is the part where I take all my feelings and hide them because I don't want nobody to hurt me. And this is reference to how we wear masks, like a shield to protect us from the pain and suffering we don't want to drag anyone else into and to hear. And we, and we don't want to, so we, we don't want to drag anyone else into it, but we don't want to suffer alone, but we do. But the thing is, if we bring people into it, then they can use that to hurt us. And I know this is getting close to being off topic, but I just listened to the song again as I was writing, and it's fresh. And depression, especially when paired with suicidal ideation and deep feelings of helplessness, can be some of the most dangerous types of depression. If you need help, or you think someone you know might need help, be there for them, even if you don't know how. And we can probably recognize others that are depressed probably a little bit better than those who haven't been just because we know what that is and we can kind of see some of those nuances when those masks are up. But call someone. There are helplines. You can dial 988 or you can text the word BRAVE, B-R-A-V-E, to 741741, or you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
273-8255. Okay, so that's it for my public service announcement. I just kind of, I wanted to get all that out there because it was all fresh. So to get back on track, let's refresh a little bit about the last episode. So last time we talked, it was more about obsessing and compulsions of OCD. And I want to talk more about the rumination and how it literally, it just, not really literally, but it just really ties together with depression and ADHD. There's similarities and differences between depression and rumination from OCD. OCD patients have intrusive thoughts and they become obsessive thoughts. In depressed patients, they're ruminative. So what is rumination? It is constantly thinking about the same thing, usually with a negative connotation. So how does that different from obsessing? Well, the main difference is with when you have it with depression, it occurs less often. But when you're obsessing, it's almost constantly there all the time. But with both, you're constantly thinking about something and worrying about it, analyzing and picking it apart. Whether it's something you did, didn't do, say, you think about it constantly and you can't quit thinking about it and how you should have said or done something differently and, you know, what either the perceived or real consequences are. And it's, it's also going over and over how you or others feel about yourself or how you perceive others feel about you, unsurprisingly, in a negative way. So in Psychology Today article by Fletcher Wartman, he states that researchers, and I, oh, I apologize, I'm probably going to screw these names up so bad, Jada Jorman and Ian H. Gottlieb define rumination as a style of thought rather than just negative content, defined by the process of recurring thoughts and ideas often described as recycling of thoughts. And another de definition by, and again, here's some names I really don't want to mess up. And so if anybody knows how to pronounce those names, I'm really sorry if I screw these up. Nolan Hoxima, Wisco, and Lyabamursky. Sorry, I told you I would butcher that. Um, but they define rumination as a mode of responding to distress that involves repetitively and passively focusing on symptoms of distress and on the possible causes and consequences of those symptoms. Those are all kind of fancy ways to say the same thing I did is that you're overanalyzing and you're picking apart things and well it's caused by you know distress because after you know so with ADHD we're constantly impulsive and that impulsivity leads to us saying and or doing things that we regret. And oftentimes will suffer negative consequences. And that's kind of what that distress is. So even if we don't have negative consequences, we will ruminate and obsess over every possible scenario playing out each scene in our heads. And it'll sit on a constant replay loop we can't make stop. But then eventually it'll stop for a time because, you know, ADHD, we get distracted. It's kind of one of the benefits is that even though we get stuck on these things, the ADHD will pop you out of it. But it'll eventually stop for a time 
And then when you least expect it, it'll pop up again. Sometimes it could be, you know, years later when you're in the shower or watching a TV show, driving, just something will trigger that memory and it'll start up again. But ruminating, it isn't productive. There's no solutions or changes happening from it. But it can be very dangerous, especially if you allow yourself to fall in a pattern of futility. You know, once you start believing things are hopeless, this is kind of what leads to depression. And you can start to withdraw, quit taking care of yourself, stop doing things you once loved, and suddenly you find yourself more alone and reclusive, wondering, how did this happen? but still not able to pull yourself out of it. Kind of like you're disassociating. And then, you know, you start remembering things that you once loved and how it made you feel and trying over and over to get back there by forcing yourself to recreate those same circumstances. And the goal is to get back to that feeling that you lost, that joy or excitement or whatever it was you used to love, but it never quite seems to work out though, does it? Because again, our ADHD minds don't thrive on the same old, same old. We need novelty, uniqueness, something different, something to spark that dopamine production. And this is the part, you know, part of the reason we start but never finish projects, they lose the novelty or we get distracted by the next bright, new, shiny thing. I think one of the hardest parts of having ADHD, OCD, and depression is just getting stuck. It's like being in a tar pit or quicksand or this is going to age me. (laughs) This is really going to age me. My elder millennial slash zennial with an X, whatever, 80s baby self. It's being a Trey's horse artex stuck in the swamp of sadness because in, well, the movie is the never ending story. And if you haven't seen it or it's been a while, you have to watch it. It's, it's seriously, it's good. Watch it. But there's, there's no real physical obstacle in our way. But the physical feeling of exhaustion and heaviness that depression brings, it's real. And I know sometimes the exhaustion is just so heavy, I don't want to move. Or the stress from, you know, the ruminating and the OCD and the anxiety just feel like it does. It feels like something is just really heavy on my chest. Um, but depression lies, it lies and tells so many lies and the ruminations it's there. It's our enemy. It is your brain being your own worst enemy. And they come more frequent. The ruminations come more frequently when your mind is slowed, when you're not doing anything else and you're just kind of sitting there. It's like being stuck in groundhog day. Yes, another movie you should watch, and it's old too, so whatever. If you need a more updated reference, 51st Dates or Happy Death Day, it's all the same concept, just 
kind of reliving the same day over and over. And that's kind of what depression is. Like, you feel helpless to change anything. You could be perfectly set in your head that, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up. I am going to do my workout. I am going to be productive. And tomorrow comes and it's exactly the same as the day before. But having ADHD, you know, we've learned, we've learned to become masters of deception, haven't we? We wear our masks and train ourselves to act normal or what we think everyone else expects of us. And when we're depressed and suffering, no one sees it. And the same is true for those suffering from chronic or long-term depression. I mean... Many of us from learn from an early age that being ourselves, being different, being weird, truly ourselves, just different, gets us in trouble or bullied or something else unpleasant. We become experts at masks and dependent on them as well. And it's, it's why depression can be so deadly because we can appear fine on the outside we can go to work and we can smile and crack jokes just like it's any other day, but slowly be dying on the inside. And we go through the motions knowing what is expected and the performance we have to give so we don't give away what's actually going on. And then we already know we're a lot to deal with or a burden, so we don't want to be more of that for the people that love us. And at first we think we're fine. You know, we're just a little tired. And then tired goes on and on and you just never get enough sleep. And you just don't want to do anything. And then when we finally seek help, you know, there's medication. That's just another roller coaster, right? I mean, just like with ADHD meds, it's trial and error. And I've struggled with depression for as long as I can remember since I was little. And I've been on medication for the treatment of depression a few times as an adult, but I never felt like it worked. And if, if you've been here with me for a while, you know that I did the pharmacogenomic testing when I was on my ADHD roller coaster, medica medication roller coaster. And antidepressants don't work for me. I metabolize them too quickly to be effective and would have to take such a high dose that it would be harmful for my organs. So the benefit over cost just wasn't there for me. I have found that Wellbutrin is pretty helpful though. I mean, it's really like for binge eating and um, helping people stop smoking, but it's kind of off-label is to help with depression. And that's kind of, that's why I started taking it was because of the binge eating and just the exhaustion and I get these cravings that are just so overpowering. And, you know, I can crave sugar like a drug. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it all just, you know, like all other things with ADHD, taking medication, something that seems so easy for most people can be a chore for us. I mean, I would forget to take one and then think, oh, I'm fine. I don't really need them. And this would go on for days or a couple weeks since, you know, it takes time for the medication to get out of your system once you build it up. By the time I realized I was depressed, 
again, it'd be too late and I would more easily talk myself out of things. Like, I'll take them again tomorrow. They make me dizzy. I'll just wait until the weekend to start again. It's too late in the day. I'll do it tomorrow. Just some of the excuses depression will feed you to keep you in its grip. I mean, <laughs> others like you don't need them. You can do this without them. You don't need help. Like It's like the enemy has infiltrated behind your front lines and is playing the spy and just feeding you all this false information. And the problem is we get so deep that we just don't care. And we just let depression's lies become reality and we become numb. Yeah, great. Another song that I really like is Numb Little Bug by M. Byhold. And some here are just a few of my favorite lines I kind of cherry-picked, but... Okay. Not really happy, but you don't want to die. You have empathy inside, but you don't really care. A little bit tired of quick repairs to cope. Guess I'm just broken and broke. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much sums it up. You know... Chronic depression isn't always necessarily going to lead to suicide. I think a lot of times, at least in my case, it's just, it's what it is. It's chronic. So it lasts for long periods of time for the course of years. And since as long as I can remember, I've dealt with depression, but you just, I have to pull myself out of it. I've had to do it my whole life and finding the strength to say enough is enough because my ADHD broke through finally broke through that fog because I fell down some new rabbit hole is probably one of the best parts about having ADHD and depression at the same time is that that can sometimes happen is that that ADHD can help break you out of it by getting you hyper-focused into something doesn't always work forever. I mean, because you're not dealing with why you're depressed, but I think in my case, it's more of a chemical imbalance. But probably one of the longest bouts I've had started with the COVID shutdowns. I, I mean, I would like to think that getting back to podcasting, I'm finally getting back to me two years, two and a half years later. But the truth is, it's it's been getting back on my medication and staying there consistently that's really helping me. Getting back into the things I really enjoy is kind of a side effect of battling my demons and pushing them back to the shadows. And I mean, I hope they'll stay there, but I've learned that they always rear their ugly heads. But I also, the sun will come out again to push them back. And I know I have to face them and learn to heal, but I also know that I have a chemical imbalance, like I said, that you know, the medication helps with. And I just have to work through the other things once I can get back to a place where I don't feel so numb. And the key is to never lose hope. And I know that's easier said than done and sounds all rainbow puppy dogish, whatever, but it could always be worse is kind of how I like to think about it. That even 
no matter how bad things seem at the moment, they could always be worse. And we have to try and remember that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that we will get through it. But we also have to be willing to ask for help as much as we don't want to. We need help. You can't always do it by yourself. And you have to let your loved ones know what's really going on. Because, I mean, it can be a relief, too, once it's finally all out. And having somebody to listen to you and cheer you on and be there to help remind you of all of the things that are good and worth living for and keeping you out of the really bad, helpless spiral. I think we just, we need that. And then, so, you know, the intrusive thoughts are always going to pop up. That's, I mean, you have some OCD, it, it doesn't go away, but you have to remember that they're really not us. And then, so intrusive thoughts, I don't know that they really lead to depression so much, but it does have to do with the OCD. But they're thoughts that just kind of like pop up, like while you're driving and you're just kind of like this slippery slope of what if. What if I just veered my car over the cliff? How many times would the car flip? Would I die instantly? Would anyone miss me? And then it's gone. You it. <laughs> there are things that your brain does to trick you, kind of like how depression lies to you. And they're not things that you would actually do. That's why they're called intrusive. Um, like some others would be just like, oh, if I put my hand on this burner, how long would it take my skin to melt? I mean, they're disturbing thoughts. They really are. But And, and you know would, you would never actually act on it. I mean, I hate pain. I'm the biggest baby with pain. There's no way in hell I would ever put my hand on a burner just to see how long it would take my skin to melt. But those thoughts, those disturbing, intrusive thoughts, they just kind of pop in there, don't they? And if you find yourself, I don't know, if you find yourself on ADHD TikTok, you'll see so many people that have created content about intrusive thoughts and bringing to light what they are and showing you that you're not alone and that you're not crazy or evil or possessed or a demon because you have these thoughts. I mean, I think, I think ADHD TikTok has been kind of amazing over the last two years, helping reach people in a completely new way and shedding light on some of the more off the wall symptoms that aren't necessarily in the DSM-5, the diagnostic criteria that they use to diagnose medic mental health issues. Um, but like sensory issues, preference for small forks and spoons over big ones, you know, the quirky, it's not really fun, but fun symptoms. I don't know. Okay. So (laughs) I think I've rambled too much here, but it's been nice just kind of getting back and talking through all of this. And I know, I think I skipped around a bunch, but I think I'm going to let it go because I think sometimes that thought skipping 
there's things that are good in there. I don't don't know. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening and being curious about ADHD. And I hope something in here helps you feel less alone because I promise you, you are not alone. You, and now more than ever, it's easier to find other people dealing with similar situations. So just remember, depression lies. Ruminating is not productive because it is not going to change anything that's happened. All it's going to do is take you down this helplessness, hopelessness, depression hole. And so it's bad. No. Um, (laughs) Get help if you need it. Help others who may need it. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Excuse My ADHD. If you like what you hear, don't forget to please subscribe, rate, and leave an awesome review. Show notes and social media links are available at www.excusemyadhd.com. Until next time.